Good morning and greetings to each one in Christ's name this morning. I want to welcome everyone here and um, special welcome to our visitors. I'm glad to have Brother David here and um, Brother Ryan from Millmont and from way down south, Brother Rodney and Sister Emily. I'm trying to think if I'm missing anyone here, but uh, if I am, I'm not intending to. Good to have you here and trust that you can worship with us this morning. <clears throat> this morning, I um, appreciate what's been shared this far, the Sunday school hour. And uh, yeah, what the blessings we have in Christ Jesus and um, what he's done for us. But we are so undeserving. And as I began preparing this message um, for this morning, some, some time ago, actually, uh, those of you from Millmont, you may have to bear with me this morning. You've heard, part, or heard it before. But uh, I didn't realize when I began preparing it that we would just be going to the next chapter from our Sunday school lesson. So you can turn with me to Ephesians chapter 2, and actually um, I'm planning, I'm taking the word walk that we find in Ephesians, and we have it about, I think it's about six times, and I'm planning to break it up into two messages between this Sunday and next Sunday, and I trust that... <clears throat> You as Sunday school teachers, that uh, you can bear with me and just maybe the few things that I take that you can just kind of go from there with it and not have to uh, feel like we're treading on each other. Um, so if you would like a title this morning, um, you could give it the title, Walking with Christ. As, as people, it doesn't matter who we are, um, any person, we tend to, to have goals in our life. Um, we may set goals, and maybe you've set some goals in the past month or so with um, coming into the new year, and maybe there's some habits or, um, yeah, habits you'd like to change or or form new positive habits. Uh, possibly you have some physical habits or physical goals that you've made and hopefully some spiritual goals. I think as Christians our goals should revolve around our walk with God, our relationship with Him and that as we fulfill our goals that it brings us closer to God and more to what he wants us to be. Maybe God has brought to you an awareness of a need for change or improvement in your life. And um, what does it look like to move forward? Are you moving forward in changes that God has made you aware of that are needed in your life? 
There's another verse, you don't need to turn to it, but uses the word walk that I'd like to um, read right now. It's Genesis 17:1. And when Abraham was 90 years old and nine, the Lord appeared to Abram and said unto him, I am the Almighty God. Walk before me and be thou perfect. God, the Almighty God, called Abraham to walk before him. And just in my mind, um, I've never been to any kind of a, an animal show, I don't believe, but thinking of walking before, I'm kind of, kind of picturing uh, something like that, where, where a person who's judging an animal, and, and maybe it's even something else where someone wants to purchase a, a horse or whatever, but where they want to see that animal walk before them. And they look at that animal. They see how it performs. And they look for um, imperfections. They look for strong points. And just critiquing that animal. They're judging that animal. That animal walks before them. And God called Abram to walk his life before him. Walk before me. Now, I don't believe that God was calling Abram to walk before him in order to critique him, to pick out all the imperfections. Rather, it, it may have been more, walk before me, I have a work for you to do. Um, God was desiring to work within him and to make him what he wanted him to be. Each one of us, whether we're thinking of it or not, every person walks their life before God. God sees each person and their lives. Walking before Almighty God, and then he says to Abram, Be thou perfect. Are you perfect this morning? Do you fulfill that? Be thou perfect? I believe that God wants to bring each one of us closer to perfection, closer to himself. Some translations would use the word complete. Be thou complete. I believe that that is God's desire, that as we walk before him, that we would have lives of openness, allowing him to work within us, and that we would be complete in him. And that is a continued work of God in our lives. Becoming complete in him. Becoming perfect in him. Walking before him. The two verses or two different um, points here in walking in Christ this morning that I would like to look at 
Uh, the first one we find in chapter 2 of Ephesians, walk in good works. And the second one then is in chapter 4, uh, walking worthy of our vocation. So Ephesians 2 verse 10, um, we, we could read the preceding verses, but I think with uh, Sunday school in mind next week, I'm just going to leave that. Uh, Ephesians 2 verse 10 says, For we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God hath before ordained that we should walk in them. That we should walk in good works. Now, we heard about grace this morning. Uh, and some of the, the preceding verses here talk about our past. Talk about our salvation. And as we think of the discussion on, on grace this morning, verse 9, actually verse 8, talks about our salvation is by grace. Verse 9 says that it is not of works. Our salvation is not of works, but uh, lest any man should boast. But then he says in verse 10 that we are created unto good works. As I think of works, James chapter 2, I'd like to turn there, um, just uh, talks a lot about works and uh, the importance of faith and works working together. It's not just one. It's not just faith. It's not just work. works. But together um, is what God is looking for. James 2, start at verse 14 and read to the end of the chapter. What doth it profit, my brethren, though a man say he hath faith, and have not works, can faith save him? If a brother or sister be naked and destitute of daily food, and one of you say unto them, Depart in peace, be ye warmed and filled, notwithstanding ye give them not those things which are needful to the body, what doth it profit? Just bringing out there um, kind of the comparison, faith to work, faith and works, and if you see someone who is in need and you just, with your mouth, bless them and say, um, go in peace, be warmed, be filled, what benefit is that really? You haven't really blessed them beyond your lip service. Verse 17, even so faith, if it hath not works, is dead, being alone. Yea, a man may say, thou hast faith, and I have works. Show me thy faith without thy works, and I will show thee my faith by my works. Thou believest that there is one God, thou doest well. The devils also believe and tremble. But wilt thou know, O vain man, that faith without works is dead? Was not Abraham our father justified by works, when he had offered Isaac his son upon the altar? Seest then how faith wrought with his works, and by works was faith made perfect? And the scripture was fulfilled which saith, Abraham 
believed God, and it was imputed unto him for righteousness, and he was called the friend of God. <coughs> Ye see then how that by works a man is justified, and not by faith only. Likewise also was not Rahab the harlot justified by works, when she had received the messengers and sent them out another way. For as the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without works is dead also. We think of the examples here. Abraham and Rahab that were given. It says that they were regarded. Uh, in my words here, uh, yeah, and not the words it has here, but they were regarded as innocent or righteous due to their works. They were justified because of their works, because it was an outworking of their faith. I find it interesting here as we uh, think of how James is talking about faith and works, the importance of works. Um, in verse 23 there, he brings out in Abraham that Abraham believed God and it was imputed unto him for righteousness. Uh, could we almost say that in Abraham's faith in God, even before he did what God called him to do, it was accounted unto him as though he had done it because he was a man of faith who was going to carry out his faith. Do my works prove my faith? You know, our works, I believe, is doing what God calls us to do. Whether it's what he has spoken to us through his word, or whether it's what he has spoken to us through his still small voice, or however he leads us, the works of God, or the works that God calls us to do, are just simply the things he calls us to do. Do my daily actions prove that I'm here to serve God, and am I showing, through my actions, am I showing um, that to those around me? I can say I believe something. But if I don't practice it, it's not validated. You know, I can say that I believe that we as God's people, and I personally am called to share the message of the gospel with the world around me. But if I'm not willing to do it, does it show that I really believe it? I think there's two ditches that people can get into when we think of faith and works. One of those ditches is that of just trying to work our way to salvation. The other ditch is saying, only believe. That's all that matters. And 
I believe there's a middle road where we believe and we work out our faith. Revelation 20, verse 13 says, I believe the first part of the book says it, that the books were opened. Uh, but the last part, it says, they were judged every man according to their works. And in Matthew 16, 27, Jesus said, the Son of Man shall reward every man according to his works. And I believe that, <clears throat> yes, God sees our works, and we are judged according to our works. I also believe that as we read Scripture, we know that it is not only works for the sake of works that we are judged by, but it is works that come from a faith in God. A, a phrase here in Ephesians 2.10. Wrong chapter here. Ephesians 2.10 says that we are created in Christ Jesus unto good works. We are created unto good works. And I had to think of the example of of a, a barn. So uh, if someone builds a barn, it's going to work better for a barn than for a house, right? Um, you could take it the other way. All of us, I think, live in a house. Um, thinking of my house, uh, we actually have a barn there. We have a couple of cows, uh, small steers. And it wouldn't work too good to bring those steers into the house, to live in the house. Okay, Our house was built to be a house. It was not built to be a barn. And even so, you and I, along with our faith in God, we were created unto good works. And as we practice good works, that's how we're best suited for life as we um, relate to other people in good works and um, to the world around us. <clears throat> I just had to think of, within our brotherhood here, we have some, some pretty real opportunities for, for good works right now. Um, I think of those who are faced with, with different things, big things. Think of the Sensenig family with um, Ken in the hospital awaiting his surgery and just the uh, suspense that that brings. And I think of those um, facing other uh, big things in their lives and just um, maybe the need for, for meals, the need for um, just to reach out to them and um, where they may need a helping hand, be able to give a helping hand. Um, yeah, it just came to my mind, Brother Phil can use some help. Um, we have opportunities. And you know, we don't have to look very far before we see opportunities where we can reach out 
and, and be there for other people. <clears throat> the next walk I would like to look at we find in Ephesians chapter 4 in the first verse. <coughs> Read the first three verses. Ephesians 4.1 I therefore the prisoner of the Lord beseech you that ye walk worthy of the vocation wherewith ye are called, with all lowliness and meekness, with long-suffering, forbearing one another in love, endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. We are called to walk worthy of the vocation wherewith we are called. What is your vocation? As we think of the word vocation, we uh, generally think of our occupation, our calling in life. Um, as we look throughout the audience here, we have quite a number of different uh, vocations. And I think each one of us at least if we enjoy our vocation, we want to walk worthy of our vocation. We want to do a good job in what we do. And, you know, I had to think of uh, one occupation. We have a lot of carpenters here. And I'm not much of a carpenter. I can get a little bit done. But I do know enough to know that when you're building a house, you want to nail your studs on every 16 inches, right? Okay, yeah, every 16 inches. But um, let's say you're, you're, uh, you'd like to save a little money for, for yourself. Um, you'd like to pass a little bit of that on to the customer. And so you're gonna just kind of stretch that out to every, um, every 20 inches and it's all gonna get covered up. You, uh, maybe your trusses, you decide, we're just going to, I think three feet would work for that, and stretch out where you nail your trusses there. Um, could be different things. And you're not really doing your job right when you're doing that. You're not walking worthy of your vocation. You're not doing the best that you can. And um, so I believe that our thinking of walking worthy of our vocation can go along with our being created to walk in good works. Um, as we live a life of good works, as a result of our salvation through grace, as a result of our salvation through grace. But we are then walking worthy of our vocation. And the next two verses can give us some points that are important in walking worthy of our vocation. The first one in verse 2 is lowliness. And that would have uh, some of the thought of of humility of mind, lowliness and meekness. 
uh, again, I think could relate to humility and a, a gentleness, lowliness and meekness. And as we think of those two words, and thinking of humility, it can be, uh, can think of that in our view of ourselves, how we view ourselves in humility. And then the next three, there's um, long-suffering, which would give the idea of patience, forbearing one another in love, and that would be bearing with each other. And then the last one we find in verse 3 is unity or oneness. I think as we think of the first two, looking at the view of how we see ourselves, this, the second there, the, uh, the third, the last three, could refer more to how we relate to others. And walking worthy of our vocation requires a proper view of God and of others and of ourselves. And I think one word we can just bring in there is selflessness. That to walk worthy of our vocation requires selflessness. Our vocation as a Christian, as God's child. Jesus said in John 8:29, and he that sent me is with me. The Father hath not left me alone, for I do always those things that please him. Okay, now that's selflessness. Jesus said of his, himself, referring to his Father, he said, I do always those things that please him. In Matthew 11:29, take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart. You shall find rest unto your souls. Jesus said, take my yoke. Come, yoke with me. Work, walk with me. Not doing the things that please myself, but that please the Father. Jesus didn't come with his own agenda. And as I think of, of myself, I can think of a lot of things that I would like to do just to satisfy myself. I could, I could probably keep pretty busy just doing my selfish things. And uh, I don't know, maybe... As men, maybe we have the ability to carry out some of our selfishness a little more than the sisters. I think of um, some things like outdoor recreation that we we can find some pretty good reasons and, and excuses to just absorb ourselves into some of those things. And... Um, Yet when does it become something that's just satisfying myself? And I'm not saying we should not rule all this out. But um, think, why? 
Am I, uh, what is my purpose? Is it just to please myself? Another thing that I think can probably relate to everyone is just um, the time that can be absorbed into our gadgets, into our um, electronic devices, and um, the way we can be consumed with that can, can be a, a means of satisfying ourselves, of selfishness. Now, selfishness really can reach into most areas of our life, I think, with um, even, even things that may seem legitimate, that may be legitimate. Um, but if we are not doing it for the purposes of God and for His glory, it can turn into selfishness so quickly. But I also am convinced that selflessness can reach into our, every area of our life. And that is transforming to us when we are not here to please myself, but when we're here to please the Father. Whether it's in the spiritual things that God has called us to, or in the daily duty that we are called to, if we are given up of self and committed to serving Almighty God, and that's our purpose. That's transforming to our lives. One walking worthy of his vocation will lay down his agenda and say, Lord, what is your plan for me? I'm just reminded of that with um, Brother Lamar's message last Sunday. And just laying it out to God. What is your plan for me, God? And being willing to walk in that plan. Are there areas in your life that God would call you out of selfishness to selflessness? And if he is, what are we doing about it? Are you experiencing completeness in Christ? Or are there areas, and I'm sure there are areas, that he is trying to perfect in our lives. But even so, we can experience completeness. We can walk before God and experience completeness in him. And he will continue to have his work within our lives. Walk before me, our almighty God and be thou perfect. And I trust that that is our desire. Again, I know that God's work and Brother David brought in about redemption being a continuing work that is not um, complete at this point until we stand, until we fall before the feet of Jesus there in glory. But I'm thankful that in my imperfection that God can consider me and can look at me as complete and that we can experience that in him. Let's kneel for prayer.